0: Establishing data link. Four, three, two,
1: one. You are listening to the ABI 1.0 podcast, a podcast for the curious. Welcome to the ABI 1.0 podcast. I'm your host, Terry Thompson. This episode is going to be dealing with toys. Different types of toys. Social implications of toys. Origins of toys. The importance of toys. Just toys, uh, toys, toys. You might as well say that this is going to be a toy story. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I say we get started. So, open up our toy box, and let's go! Toys, like play itself, serve multiple purposes in both humans and animals. They provide entertainment while fulfilling an educational role. Toys enhance cognitive behavior and stimulate creativity. They aid in the development of physical and mental skills which are necessary in later life. What would you say if I asked you what you think the world's oldest toy is? You would be right if you said the spinning top. Believe it or not, the oldest top ever found was dated to be about 6,000 years old. And there was a wooden top found in King Tut's tomb. Among the earliest known toys are small stone and clay balls or marbles. Marbles were found in a child's grave in Nagata, Egypt and date from 4000 BC. Medieval toys were made of wood and included yo-yos, cup and ball toys, and, of course, the top. We here at the ABI 1.0 podcast enjoy hearing from our listeners. Feel free to comment anytime, either through email, voicemail. You can check out our Facebook page. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Flickr. Heck, almost everywhere. Now we've given up tying notes to bricks and throwing them through uh, people's windows. (laughs) That got a little annoying and uh, very expensive. The erector set was first envisioned by Alfred Carlton Gilbert in 1911 as he rode the train from New Haven to New York City. It just so happens that this section of track was being converted to electrical power and Gilbert watched as steel girders were erected to carry the power lines, inspiring him to develop the toy. And in 1913, confident in the product's potential, Gilbert bought out his partner around the time he first introduced the Erector Structural Steel and Electromechanical Builder Set. Lego, the little plastic toy that was guaranteed to bring out off-color language in adults everywhere, especially if accidentally stepped on in the night or when having to dislodge from vacuum cleaners and toilets. They originated in 1932 at the Billund, Denmark workshop of Ole Kirk Christiansen, who began making them out of wood. Two years later, he named his company Lego after the Danish phrase legat which means play well. As long as we're talking about engineering type toys, remember Tinker Toys? That was invented by a stonemason watching children play with pencils and thread spools. Lincoln Logs, ho <laughs> ho, invented by John Lloyd Wright as a child. If that name seems somewhat familiar, he was the son of famous architect Frank Lloyd Wright. That just goes to show the right toy in the right hand. well, even if you have to invent it yourself. Well, those were the toys geared uh, a lot towards engineering. But what about the scientist in children? What toys were educational in that fashion?
0: I have this really cool Gilbert chemistry set that I think's gonna look excellent in your
2: shop. A chemistry set. Every boy wanted one because you were gonna be a mad scientist and you were gonna invent something crazy. I'm surprised more kids didn't die because they were dangerous as all hell, okay? (laughs) You have this tannic acid right here and this sodium ferrocyanide. If you mix those together, you should get cyanide gas and it would kill you. Oh my. (laughs)
0: Shop today to try to sell my Gilbert chemistry set. I actually got this chemistry set at a yard sale. It still has a lot of the chemicals and all the little bits and bobs and pieces in it. It's really in pretty good shape. I would really like to get $100. I have no need to make gunpowder or any other explosives.
2: This was probably made right around 1960-ish. And um, we've advanced so much with chemistry. There's so many new different kind of chemical compounds that make better plastics, that make better everything. Mm-hmm. And a little bit can be contributed to chemistry sets like this. Because you had kids who fell in love with this and went to college and studied chemical engineering. True. I remember I was like probably eight, nine years old and I got a chemistry set.
0: So now you just have to have one of these to bring back all those memories.
2: Um. I'll tell you what, it's interesting, it really is. What do you want to do with it?
0: Well, I'm hoping to sell it.
2: Okay, because how much do you want have. for it?
0: I would take $100 for it. It's cool and you know it. I'm fascinated, <laughs> I'm, I am fascinated
2: with it. I really am, it brings back a lot of memories. Mm-hmm. But chemistry sets are one of those things where their parents thought they were being great parents buying a chemistry set. Most kids played with them for a little bit and it ended up in the closet. So it's pretty common to see these things completely together. Mm-hmm. Take fifty bucks.
0: Mm, no. Come on, let's make a little chemistry here now. <laughs> I think. I could do eighty five. Sixty. Mm, no. You
2: can come up a little bit. Seventy bucks.
0: Okay, I think 70 would be fair.
2: All right, cool. I'll meet you you. right over there.
0: All right, thanks. I saw that little sparkle in his eye, and usually when something reminds you of your childhood, you want it again. I'm taking that 70 bucks, treating myself to a nice dinner and a glass of wine.
1: (laughs) Well, that chemistry set, pales in comparison to its predecessor from the same company. The Gilbert U-238 Atomic Energy Lab Kit was a toy lab set created by Alfred Carlton Gilbert. Yeah, the erector set dude. The lab kit featured actual uranium. The Atomic Energy Lab was released by Gilbert in 1950. Today, dubbed the world's most dangerous toy, apparently the Atomic Energy Lab Kit could fuel up to 150 unique experiments. Perfect for the budding little Lex Luthor or Victor Frankenstein of the house. By the way, I failed to mention that the only reason uh, that the Atomic Lab Kit was removed from the market is it sold at the time in 1950 for $50, $520 in today's money. Speaking of dangerous toys, lawn darts were responsible for sending 6,100 people to the ER over an eight year period. Swing wing, hitting shelves in 1965, it was similar to the hula hoop, except it was worn on the head, resulting in spinal injuries and worse, It was recalled soon after it hit the shelves the austin magic pistol sold in the 1940s the chemically reactive gun shot ping pong balls however it was prone to uh explode it was classified as a firearm and (laughs) banned shortly after launching oh and i remember this one the clackers launched in 1968 Clackers consisted of two glass balls on a string that were clacked together, often leading to the glass shattering and sending glass shards in all directions. By 1976, the Consumer Product Safety Commission declared them a mechanical hazard and they were banned. Well, thank goodness toys are much safer now. (laughs) Or are they? An estimated 198,000 toy-related injuries were treated in hospital emergency rooms in 2020, with boys accounting for 57% of the injuries. The list of toys created by accident is long, but here's a few notable examples. We all remember Silly Putty, don't we? It seems it was invented by GE engineer James Wright, who was trying to replicate rubber. He discovered the compound for Silly Putty in 1943, when he was working on a World War II U.S. government project to discover a rubber substitute. His mix of boric acid with silicone didn't work for that purpose, but the resulting putty caught the interest of a toy store owner who saw playful possibilities in the fact that it was bouncy, stretchy, and moldable. The Super Soaker, the high-powered water gun, was invented by nuclear engineer and part-time inventor Lonnie Johnson, who had an accident with a heat pump. Here's the backstory. Johnson was working as a spacecraft systems engineer on the Galileo mission to Jupiter in 1982, when an accident prompted an epiphany. After a prototype for a heat pump sprang a leak shooting a blast of water across the room, he immediately saw the squirt gun potential. Play-Doh, you know, the molding toy that feels like a cross between clay and bread dough. Also the impulsive snack choice of the curious kindergartner. It was invented by Kutal Products and Industrial Cleaning Product Company. As gas, oil, and electric heating replaced coal in American homes after World War II, Cincinnati-based Kutal Products was quickly losing market for its non-toxic, clay-like compound used to clean sooty coal dust off of wallpaper. Enter the owner's sister-in-law, who tested the smushy, pliable stuff with her nursery school class as a molding toy, and Play-Doh was born. It's kind of a toss-up as to who was the original material girl both uh, introduced in 1959. I bet Madonna played with Barbies growing up.
0: Barbie, you're beautiful. You make me feel My Barbie doll is really real. Barbie's small and so petite. Her clothes and figure look so neat. Her dancing outfit rings and bell. At parties she will cast a spell hats and gloves below And all the gadgets gals adore
2: Barbie dressed for swim and fun is only $3 Her lovely fashions range from $1 to $5 Look for Barbie wherever
1: dolls are sold
0: Someday I'm gonna be exactly like you Till then I know just what I'll do Barbie, beautiful
2: I'll make believe that I am you. you can tell it's
1: Mattel, it's well. Contrary to sticking to the original, Barbie embodied the changes in society and technology over the ensuing decades.
0: Barbie! On the catwalk, nobody does fashion like Barbie. Introducing the first Barbie digital dress. Scroll the touchscreen. Create your own designs. Digital dress! fashion that lights up and moves to the music and to your voice wow digital dress with barbie doll mp3 player not included
1: i uh looked up the list of barbie accessories let's just say we don't have enough time in this episode or even two and before you guys out there get all smug I would like to remind you of G.I. Joe." Yeah, <laughs> I thought so. And some dude got really smart and said, Hey, we could channel these playground fights into something that will make a profit for the company.
2: It out a left to the jaw
0: and oh, my block is knocked off. But you can press it right back on. It's rock
2: 'em sock 'em robots. Press this lever, he throws a right, the other a left. Knock his block off. You're the winner. Well, the next time, you can rock 'em sock 'em with the rock 'em sock 'em robots by marks <laughs>
1: And oh gosh, I remember this. The Pet Rock. The Pet Rock is a collectible toy made in 1975 by advertising executive Gary Dahl. Pet Rocks are smooth stones from the city of Rosarita, Baja, California, Mexico. They were marketed like live pets in custom cardboard boxes complete with straw and breathing holes. The Pet Rock can still be found online, though it's no longer Dahl's business. He died in 2015. Of the unsold rocks he had left over at the end of the fad, he was indifferent. If they didn't sell, he said, he would just use them to repave his driveway. Yeah, I was alive during that time period. I can't recall though if uh, pet rock owners held spay and neuter clinics like pet owners do today. Well here's an interesting question. What toys could you survive on? I mean eat in, in the event of an emergency if that was to occur. Well besides the previously mentioned play-doh that I can think of, I did find out what was inside a stretch Armstrong. The gel inside of a stretch Armstrong is gelled corn syrup and is supposed to be non-toxic. So, chow down on it if you wish, but I prefer my gelled corn syrup to be mixed with grape flavoring, a little more runny, and on toast. His arch-nemesis, Vacman, was filled with crushed corn cobs. Well, I have a toy confession to make. When I was a child, curiosity got the best of me. I had to find out what was in a Magic 8-Ball. So I sat on my bed and pried it open. Eureka! It was a moment of discovery. The Magic 8-Ball contains a 20-sided die. There was also an un- unintended two-tone result. The liquid in the ball dyed by sheets blue and wound up tanning my hide. I think it's time for some more amazing toy facts. Did you know that the Barbie doll has an actual full name? Yep, Barbara Millicent Roberts. In 1952, Mr. Potato Head became the first toy to ever be advertised on TV. In 1991, Little Tyke's Cozy Coupe was named the best-selling car in America, outselling the Honda Accord and the Ford Taurus. The Rock'em sockam Robots have names, Red Rocker and Blue Bomber. In 1999, it was reported that the NSA had banned Furbies from its headquarters in Maryland over fears that they would hear top secret conversations and then repeat them. Tonka is named after Minnesota's Lake Minnetonka. Critics called Twister sex in a box. Candyland was invented for kids bedridden with polio. Mr. Rogers poured the wax that made the 100 billionth Crayola crayon. The Hungry Hungry Hippos are named Happy, Henry, Harry, and Homer. The Slinky is the official state toy of Pennsylvania. Not only is the teddy bear the official state toy of Mississippi, but the name Teddy comes from the President Teddy Roosevelt refusing to shoot a bear. A similar story happened with William Howard Taft and a possum, but Billy Possum never caught on. Tonka employees get a pretty badass company car. There's an entire fleet of real-life trucks used for promotional purposes. You can't exactly order one from a dealership, but some of the employees actually get to drive these to work every day. Presumably, they prefer to spend their morning commute (laughs) off-roading. Hear that? Not only is that the sound of an early video game, it's also the emerging heartbeat of an entire industry. Some might say lifestyle. The original Pong consisted of two paddles that players used to volley a small ball back and forth across a screen. The German-born American television engineer Ralph Baer laid the groundwork for Pong in 1958 when he proposed making simple video games that people could play on their home television sets. When it was introduced in 1972, for the first time, people could control what they saw on their TV display. From 1972's Magnavox Odyssey, the first home video game console, to today's Playstations, Nintendos, and Xboxes. The video game industry is now worth as of, well, 2021 anyway, 180.3 billion dollars. That's a lot of quarters back when it was just arcade. And since they're so commonplace these days, I'm pretty sure that you know about the technological advances in today's video games and video game consoles. As a matter of fact, it's getting so advanced, well, the reality was the early video games were blurred. Now reality is blurred by the new video games, wouldn't you agree? Can't forget about the toys people like to collect. From beanie babies, action figures, monchichis, thanks to Angie for that one, Pokemon, model trains, etc. The list is really long. Needless to say, several of us still have a strong connection to toys. There's an estimated 6 billion toys in the world. To put that into perspective, if we were to let this episode go on and were to discuss 100 toys per day, it would take 164,383 years and 56 days to discuss them all. That's a little more time than I had budgeted for this episode. I know that we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of all the toys there are, but maybe this was enough to pique your interest. And think about this. In the future, if we do make contact with other civilizations in the universe, maybe we can ask to play with their toys. Yeah. With that, this episode comes to a close. I'm your host, Terry Thompson, and for my dog, Bud, and the (laughs) rarely shut up rooster Bubba, I could finally finish this out. See ya.
0: To infinity and beyond!
1: We here at the ABI 1.0 podcast enjoy hearing from our listeners. Feel free to comment anytime, either through email, voicemail. You can check out our Facebook page. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Flickr. Heck, almost everywhere! Now, we've given up tying notes to bricks and throwing them through uh, people's windows. (laughs) That got a little annoying and uh, very expensive. You have been listening to the ABI 1.0 podcast.
0: Process complete.